You're listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. Hello, welcome to this episode of the IPHC Leadership Cast. I'm Janice Bennett, and today we're here with Gary Bird, the National Director of Mission M25. Welcome, Gary. Thank you. It's good to be with you, Janice. Oh, it's so good to have you here with us. Um, now, Mission M25 is a ministry that functions um, in coordination and, and cooperation with Evangelism USA. Um, could you tell us a little bit about Mission M25? What do you do, and um, how long have y- y'all been in existence? Mission M25 was born out of Christian Heritage Church in Amarillo, Texas, where I pastored for 40 years. At, you know, not I was lead pastor 29 of those. And it came into being because of the desire to reach outside the church for people. There's a, Janice, there's a huge difference in being with the lost when they come to your turf and going to their turf. And when the Lord began to speak to me out of the book of Matthew, I ended up in Matthew, the 25th chapter. That's what M25 stands for. Um, I tell people all the time I wasn't smart enough. I I didn't take your dad's classes. Uh, you know, I I don't I don't know enough to know why I don't have to go to the homeless or why I don't have to go to prisons. And so I took it very literal that if I didn't go to prisons, if I didn't go to the homeless, that uh, I was in danger of the judgment of God and. Uh, so I began to go as the opportunity afforded itself. Uh, as a pastor at the time, we was we had seven hundred. Uh, the last number it sticks in my head was seven hundred and seventy six members, and there was a lot of responsibility. And yet, I felt that I had to do something different. And so we started going. My first one was underneath the bridge, feeding homeless people on Sunday morning. It rocked my church. You know, I'm underneath the church on Sunday, I mean, underneath the bridge on Sunday morning rather than getting prepared to give my great performance. And so it really shook the system in Amarillo. And yet we all seen the value of it. And out of that, uh, we started reaching all groups of people that have been overlooked and neglected. I like the message version of that, the overlooked and neglected, not the least of these uh, as per se, you know. uh, And we started hanging out in biker bars, and we started going where people were. And uh, it changed my life. It changed the the destiny of my life. And uh, I'm very fortunate. I was telling some folks yesterday, I'm very fortunate to be involved in a denomination that allows the latitude for us to do what we do. Um, because we, we're not the normal Pentecostal holiness work, you know. Uh, I was taught, come out from among them, be you separate. You never go to a bar. You never go to those places. And when, when God started revealing to me that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof belongs to him, and I remember old preachers stomping across the front of the church saying, you know, quoting uh, Joshua, every place that your foot shall trod. And when I walk into a bar, um, I'm on God's property. The enemy's just stolen it. And uh, people ask me, well, do you preach? No. Do you sing? No. Do you pass out tracts? No. Well, what do you do? We go in and live Jesus. And 
uh, we operate from a, a protocol. It, the Lord gave it to me in 2005, sitting on a bed. I was pretty banged up from a motorcycle wreck, and I was fixing to do run for the wall, and I was scared to death. Uh, I was all by myself. I'm the leader that goes out, surveys the land, and then has the crew to go. And so I was all by myself. I'm not a veteran. And I'm sitting on the side of the bed in pain. Um, literally had taken a scrub brush and brushed the gravel out of my own arm and bandaged myself up. And, and I'm sitting there and the Holy Spirit speaks to me and he says, I want you to keep your mouth shut. I want you to be a light. And Janice, the church had never taught me that. They, we taught to be a light. But they never defined that. And so we assumed that that meant being holy and pure and, you know, almost walking around with a holy arrogance. I don't mean it that way, but I mean it's almost what I had assumed without ever being taught. And so not knowing how to do that, uh, I walked into a midst and a guy gave me 50 bucks to buy people gas. And I will, after sitting and listening to people and just talking to them, thank God for a guy like you, Morgan, you know, that told me about the presence, the ministry of presence. And I just walked around, smiled a lot and listened and asked a few questions. And um, a guy, I walked up to him. I said, can I buy you a tank of gas? He was a, a combat veteran from Vietnam and he looked at me he said I don't need your money and I don't need your gas he said but would you pray for me and I learned a principle at that point that I use in the M25 everywhere nowhere in the Bible you know the church world um, has created um, an atmosphere or a methods of evangelism um, that's more American uh, religious methods than biblical. Jesus never asked anybody if he could pray for them. Uh, only once in the, in the temple, but out in the streets, he waited for people to ask him. So M25 operates with this thing we call ball name, be a light, not a mouth. And we try to be a voice for those that need a voice, uh, whether it be the unborn or whether it be the veteran or the Native American or the Jew. Um, the children in free camp. My wife, you know, just came back from Africa, done a free camp over there. 287 kids drilled a well. Uh, it's a miracle story. So, yeah, that's what M M25, you know, we truly, uh, one of my favorite scriptures has become Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9. And it's, we all know that that's about a godly woman, that chapter. But the, King says, this is what my mama taught me, to be a good one. You're a voice for the, those that have no voice. And Gary, that really ties into our justice theme for this year, if we prayerfully value justice. Um, there are so many topics and so many issues out there. Like you mentioned, the unborn, people who can't speak for themselves, people who, um, who have no voice. And it, it, like you said, it is the church's responsibility to be a voice and to stand up in those type of situations. Now, you mentioned Run for the Wall, and that's something that Mission M25 is involved in that people probably aren't as familiar with. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that? I know y'all just finished that. It's an incredible ministry, um, opportunity. 
Uh, it, it's a motorcycle ride that starts in, they call it Los Angeles. We're actually in Ontario. And we ride to Washington, D.C. There was somewhere between, I never heard the final numbers. But when I stood up, I'm the, I'm the last guy on the platform in Ontario for the last two years, maybe three. And I, I pray the final prayer. And uh, there was probably somewhere around 2,000 of us out there. And we break into three groups and we come across the nation. Mission M25 serves two of the routes, the two groups. It's called the mid route and the southern route. And it really all began um, in 2004 when I flew uh, three World War II. Two of them were actually involved in the war. The other one was World War II era. Um, flew them to Washington, D.C. for the unveiling of the World War II memorial. Um, I can't really remember why I flew them up there. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, Hugh Morgan uh, had told me that there's a pastor was in Oxon Hill, Maryland, that had called him and said, there are a lot of motorcycles up here during the Memorial Day weekend. Do How can we reach them? And Hugh Morgan had that pastor who has now gone on to be with the Lord. He was a Jamaican pastor, very broken English, and uh, went up and met with him in January and decided to fly them up there for the 2004. I learned about it at that time. And we went to what they call Rolling Thunder, which this year had a million motorcycles on the Pentagon parking lot. Uh, still debatable whether it's going to go on or not. Uh, President Trump's trying to get them to come back, but we're not sure how that's going to work out. Um, but I got involved in that. While I was there in 2004, I heard about Run for the Wall. And uh, that's why in 2005, I went by myself. And then I had a group join me a little later on, and we rode from Texas on up to D.C. as a team. And the, it was during that journey that the Lord broke my heart. I try to do nothing. Um, a, I don't. I try to do nothing because I was called to do it, um, and I try to never do anything that I'm not broken for. One of my mentors, Damon Burroughs, says you can give your body be burned at the stake, but if you have not love, broken compassion, you're nothing more than a ding dong. That was his words. <laughs> <laughs> so I I try real hard to follow that path. I'm on Run for the Wall in 2005, and I won't go through the whole thing, but the crust of it came on Tuesday in a parking lot at a VA hospital. Standing out there, I have my Christian patch on my back. I, I wear a motorcycle vest, and this guy comes up to me, and he says, uh, so you're a Christian? And I just looked at him, and not knowing where this conversation's going, and I just say, "Well, I give it my darndest." And he said, uh, "He said I fought in three wars." He said, "You know, I'm riding on this ride called Run for the Wall, and I see everybody out here thinking a school's let out, Janice. Uh, business shut their doors when we pass by. The streets are lined with patriots." 
uh, bars shut down and invite us in to eat a meal. Uh, it's it's just amazing the patriotism that you experience. You you almost I mean it's I wish every young person could be exposed to it because it rebirths the the heart of patriotism. And uh, he said they're all out here thanking us. He said, didn't I fight for the freedom of religion too? And I said, yes, sir, you did. And he said, how come the church isn't out here? And I told him in 2005, that Tuesday afternoon in Alabama, that I was going to dedicate my life to changing that story. And I can only tell you that Run for the Wall did not want it to become a Christian run. It's a, it's not a Christian run. Everybody, uh, they don't understand outreach in the way we do it. We don't do it and we hold the microphone. You take the microphone out of an outreach pastor's hand, uh, he crumbles because we want to be in control. We're afraid of what we can't control. And in M25 on Run for the Wall, we learn to serve not in control. And so we have been able since 2006, we we provide all the hydration for two routes. We uh, truly believe Matthew five fourteen uh, and fifteen to be a light. So shall your good deeds, not your holiness, not how many scriptures you can quote, but your deeds. And so we give somewhere. I, I think we handle fifteen pallets of water and Gatorade this year. Um. And we distribute that. And then we are the chase team. When a motorcycle breaks down, we have a, a truck pulling a trailer and we pull off the side of the road. We put that motorcycle on it. We have two chaplains that stop and help load it. And if they're, if they ha- if they're having emotional issues, a lot of these guys are still fighting PTSD. Um, I had one of them stop me coming back. I was pulling the, a trailer that had run for the wall all over it and POW MIA don't we never forget and I had a guy I was in east I mean I was uh, yeah in east Texas and I pulled in to get fuel and when I came out of the station there was a car a truck sitting there by my truck and he waited and he said I knew somebody eventually come back and get in this truck I've been sitting here waiting on you and I said really and he said yeah I won't go through the whole thing but he was He's a pastor, and he fought in Vietnam, and when he came home, he was spat on. He was condemned, um, and I will use the word spat. That was the nicest thing they threw on him, and he said, did you know it wasn't until 2015 that anybody ever clapped for me? And here's a pastor that's wounded that nobody ever clapped for, and uh so we're out there serving these guys that still are wounded emotionally. And when we, their bike breaks down, it's one more thing. And the best answer I've understood f- to define what PTSD is, is they take a bazooka to kill a fly instead of a fly swatter. Everything's big. And so if their bike breaks down, it's huge. So we're there emotionally to help them. Um, if the, we have wrecks. I worked one wreck this year that had seven motorcycles go down at one time. We're there to help them. Um, 
A year ago, I worked a wreck. I was the first one on the scene because of the speed of a motorcycle. I can get to the wreck quicker. Um, I was there before any of the nurses or chase vehicles could get there. When I walked up, the man's dead. Um, I start, I'm, I'm in a state of panic. I'm not a paramedic. Um, before I, I start yelling at the guy, a uh, paramedic comes on the scene. He's right. He's one of our medics on the route. He's on a motorcycle. He jumps off quickly. He starts administering to him and we're able to bring him back to life long enough for his family to come and say goodbye to him. Those are the kind of things we do out there. We, we um, are also uh, responsible for the Sunday morning service. Uh, it's a very short, abbreviated service, uh, no more than 25 minutes long. And, but I spoke there in 2014, a guy that served our country 37 years, got a, had a nice retirement, went back to his local church, said, I want can you use me as a, a, maybe a Boy Scouts, their church did Boy Scouts. Could you use me as Boy Scouts? And the guy, pastor looked at me and said, you're not ministerial material. And he walked away from God, the church and everything. And I'm, I'm speaking for no more than 10 minutes in the parking lot. He falls on his knees, little to my knowledge, accepts Jesus Christ, finds his way back to the cross, um, started just showing up at some of my trainings. I just wonder, what are you doing here? He's now starting Bible studies in campgrounds in in rock in the Rocky Mountains. So that's kind of what we do. Uh, we're there to be a light, yes. uh, to serve them, listen to them, care for them. Um, I, I keep going back to what you started with. It's, it's sort of your theme, and it's it's on your vest right there. Be a light, not a mouth. And yeah. so many times, like you said, as Christians, we're always trying to preach and to proclaim and to tell people what they should do and tell people, you know, how that they should follow Jesus. But you're telling us about situations where you've ministered to prisoners, you've ministered to the homeless, you've ministered to people who are hurt and broken and wounded, to veterans, to people whose society may have, you know, pushed aside. But you, you're just, just, you're telling us that just being there and showing Christ's love and truly caring for them opens doors to to minister to them and to share the gospel and to share life and to share healing with them and that's powerful that's very powerful I've been with you and mission to M25 guys in a lot of different <laughs> situations whether it be at March for Life in Washington DC but you're all very passionate about what you do and it's you're very passionate about caring for others and um, others who may have been forgotten. And um, that's what justice is all about. That's, you know, like you said, being Christ and showing his love. And um, thank you. Thank you for all that you are doing. Well, thank you. And I, know, I thank you for the opportunity to do this uh, podcast. And I know we're out of time. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Carolyn and I have moved to Arlington and we've rented a We've moved from 3,000 square feet to 680 square feet. Wow. And we're in an apartment complex of um, about a 800 to 1,000 mm -hmm. people, and we're trying to just be a light to them. And, it, and watching God use that, uh, we could do a whole other podcast right. on that. You no, know? I've, I mean, I've been following what you're doing, and that's fantastic. It's, it, it is. I went into our manager the other day, and she, I told him, I said, well, these, this young couple, I want to do something for them. He, she says, find some other couple. We need to get rid of them. Oh. And I said, ma'am, that's the people that we usually go to. Mm -hmm. I said, they're, 
they're the ones, they're, they're a problem because somebody's hurt them mm-hmm. and nobody sat down and listened to find out why they're hurting. Mm-hmm. And if I had anything to say to the church world in the area of justice is go listen. Mm-hmm. Don't judge a person until you've listened to why they are what they are, whether they're a drug addict or a guy out of prison or a, a Jew, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is, listen to them. Take time. The greatest ministry in this country that's needed, in my humble opinion, um, is we need to learn to listen. Jesus was a master at questions. And uh, it's been my desire to emulate him in how to listen and how to ask questions. Now, Mission M25 is involved in a lot of different things. We've talked about... Um, the run for the wall. You also have an outreach to the Crow Nation, the diaper run with the mission with Royal Home Ministries, and the march. You're involved in the March for Life and Free Camp, and the Ride for Solidarity for Israel. A lot of different things. How can people learn more about these things and get involved in what Mission M25 is doing? I would like to tell you our our website is www.missionm25.org, but that's not really the best place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook. Okay. Mission M25 Network. Okay. We keep stuff on there constantly. All right. Okay. We also go to, uh, in the event that there is a hurricane or disaster. Okay. And we'd encourage you, if you see a hurricane or disaster, be sure and watch the M25 Network because uh, we will we'll deploy. And that's another opportunity. I mean, people are hurt. People have lost things. People are in need. And um, we, sh- as the church, we should be there to, to reach out to them and to help them and to provide moral support. I, I, I know we got to end, but First John 3, 7. If you have the means to help somebody mm-hmm. and don't, how can you say the love of God is in you? Yeah. I, I, I keep, I, I told somebody yesterday, I don't say this in a pulpit because it's, you know, I say enough stuff. But. How can I say for a rainy day when my brother's got a rainy day? That's M25. Well, thank you so much, Gary. It's been great to sit down and chat with you and and discuss some of these things. And thank you for challenging all of us. Thank you for listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. If you enjoyed this podcast today, please take the time to leave us a review and share with your friends. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you.